0: Um, I'm talking about forgiveness tonight. I let my sister know. Oh, by the way, Mike and Ashley are watching us right now from Hawaii. They got married two two weeks ago. And they have been uh, suffering on a honeymoon in Hawaii. And they're at the airport waiting. So they said, perfect ending. And, and Ashley said, Colin, great job. So... Um, I'm gonna talk about forgiveness tonight. I laughingly told my sister today it should be really great because I've had a lot of experience trying to develop what I believe when it comes to forgiveness. Um, Some of you, a lot of you know my story. I was molested when I was 12. My, uh, I was taken to a counselor who was also a predator at at 14. And um, I also had someone in my life that I blamed for a lot of my life problems and I got the greatest slap in the face. Um, and I don't say that, you know, if you're here tonight and you've experienced what I just described, I don't say that lightly, but that's history. That's no longer something that rules my life or runs it. So when I kind of said it, it's because it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't have emotional uh, impact on my life anymore. But I was probably 24, 25, the age of some of you, when one of my friends uh, so graciously slapped me in the face one day because I was always blaming everything on this family member and the things that had happened. And so I was a never-ending, you know, you have people on Facebook and every status, you almost dread their statuses and after a while you unfollow them because they're, they're stuck on drama. You know, and there's always some new thing because their lives are so, they're so insecure about themselves, they have to have some crisis to feel like they can get attention. And um, that's how I was. And my friend, his name was Valsan Abraham, he's from India, he said, Eric, you're grown. Make something out of your life and stop talking about this person. I was like, oh and probably everybody was relieved, I don't know, maybe they took up money and paid him to do it, he was the only person brave enough, I don't know. But it began this journey with forgiveness. Um, Let me ask you, how can you tell when you're not being forgiven, forgiving? How can you tell when you're not forgiving somebody? I'm gonna give you a couple of examples, and then like three or four of you are welcome to yell stuff out. Um, I have a conversation with them that they can hear, but I also have a parallel secret conversation going on within myself about them in which I'm criticizing or judging everything they're saying. So my outside face looks like, oh, but my inside face is like, all "Right." <laughs> um, my smile does not reach my heart when I see them. I see them coming toward me out of the corner of my eye and start making my getaway so I don't have to say hello or interact. I know, you guys have all seen people who've done this, right? I'm willing to forgive, but I'm never going to forget, which means I'm committed to seeing them through the lens of whatever they did to me. I hear them talk, lead worship, or minister, and I have a running conversation in my mind that goes like this. If everyone knew what a hypocrite they are like I do, and if people only know what I know, they'd throw up in their mouths too. The other one, I share a prayer request with, you know, a select few who are sure to understand the gravity of the situation out of concern. I just want to get someone to pray with me who has true discernment about, and then I share all the dirt I can possibly think of. That's how I know when I'm being unforgiving. Would any of you like to talk about people that you've seen do stuff? Because I know that, none of you have experienced any of the things I just described. That's all right. We'll just go ahead with what I was going to preach then. The scripture verses on forgiveness really discouraged me. When I first started, you know, becoming serious about God, which is about 24, 25, these were some of the bummer verses that I read. We can start with Luke 11, 4, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. I like the sound of that because I could get that. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive others. Mm. I'm working on that, and I know you're a God of mercy and grace, and you understand that. But because I was pretty uncommitted to truly forgiving, and I honestly didn't know how to forgive, because I felt like when I forgave someone, I'd feel different. You know, I'd be like. That just never really happened. And I like them now. I actually want to be their best friend. And most of the people I was trying to forgive, I didn't feel that way. I was like, they're a piece of dirt. And frankly, if I never see them again, this side of heaven, awesome. I'm not even sure they're going. <laughs> Let me read you the next verse I loved. Um, this one was like kind of shocking. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Um, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything. Anything is such a negative word. It's like so all-encompassing. You know what I mean? If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And I'm like, does that mean that if I don't forgive... I'm not gonna be forgiven. And then I found Matthew 6, 14 and 15, which settled that question for me and made me wanna start to, to say made me wanna forget being a Christian. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And I was like, I like the sound of that. Because I actually, I know a lot of you guys are nice and you're really sweet people, but I have never been that child. I wasn't growing up and I wasn't that way as a young adult and frankly, I'm not that way now. And so, I actually need to be forgiven, sometimes on a daily basis. By the way, was it you that had the chips and the salsa, the full thing of salsa in the refrigerator? Is that you? Great, pay attention. I live with Saul and Shadi and Coleman, wherever he, right there. Pay attention to the sermon, you're going to need the notes because I ate all the salsa and all the chips. So, sorry, I meant to have some chicken, but Shadi ate all of that, so I forgave him, looked around, wasn't much, but Saul had some groceries, which I did not pay for, but really enjoyed. So, forgive me, listen to the sermon, you're going to need the notes. Okay, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, here's the second sentence, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. That does not have a good ring to it. That did not make me happy. That wasn't a warm fuzzy, because it's an absolute. And I was like, that truly, given my life and what I'm committed to, sucks. So I was like, Wow, I don't even know what to do. And then this verse just made me like, I mean, who does he think he is? God or something? Luke 17, 4. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. How do you feel about that? That was overwhelming. Just forgiving them one time would be a lot. But seven times, and they come back and say, I repent. I mean, they just did it in the morning. They come back this afternoon. They say, I repent. And I'm supposed to go, okay, no problem. Hey, I was was looking for somebody to forgive. You know, and you're the lucky person. That just, I don't know. I just felt kind of helpless with that. And then um, I began to, the Lord began to have mercy on me. And it wasn't like immediately, because I wasn't real committed to Bible study. I know all of you read your Bibles on a regular basis, and you're determined to understand your faith, and I'm proud of you, but I wasn't like that. So therefore, I wandered around trying to be a good Christian and really struggling with the whole thing on numerous levels, but it was huge in the forgiveness uh, Romans 2:17 through 21 says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Listen to this verse though. This is the one that hit my spirit. It was like, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but give place to wrath. And I'm like, that is so weird. Do not avenge yourself and give place to wrath. This is a weird verse. And then the next part says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I was like, God is so confused, obviously. Because, so I started reading through this again, repay no one evil for evil. I'm not good at that, but I'll try. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. I might do better at that. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And I thought that would be a struggle with my mouth and my attitude, but I was gonna do my best on that too. And then it says, do not avenge yourself, but give place to wrath. And I'm like, what does that mean? And the next part says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Well, that's actually in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. Um, Deuteronomy 32:35 says, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And I was like, wow, what does that mean? And I began to understand that he tells me to forgive throughout the Bible. He never says that vengeance is ours. He always says that it belongs to him. And I was like, that is, Really crazy. And last night, I actually got a big piece of the puzzle, which (laughs) I'm 57, so most of you are half my age or less. Um, So let me share this with you so that you don't have to, you know, live in the slow class like myself. Um, It was very interesting to me. He says, vengeance is his, and I'm to forgive But Romans 2, 1 through 11, I'm going to read this. Um, It says, you therefore, who have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. And I'm like, that would be me. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. And I was like, "Hmm." Okay. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And it started coming to me. It says, the next verse, three says, so when you, a mere human being. Let me read that to you. This is God talking to you. I have a lot of friends who are short. They're like two and three. I actually have about five or six of them right now. And I love them because if they feel it, you know it. It's a clean relationship. I know where I stand at all times. And one of them in particular, who's now about seven, used to look up at me because I keep her fairly often. She's one of my diva darlings. And she would look up at me like this and she'd go, you're not the boss of me. And I would go, is that so? She'd go, you're not the boss of me. You don't tell me what to do. And I would tell her, you are not in charge. I am. And she would make sure, she always tested me. She still does to this day. I adore her greatly. Just like God looks at us and he says, you are a mere human being. So when you, a mere human being, and I'm like, you talking to me? I'm made in your image. (laughs) He goes, you are still a mere human being, and I am in charge. And last night, it really hit me. um, For the first time, I was getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden, this thing just came to me. It's like so many of us we have a relationship with God that's based on his love and his grace and his mercy. And we, in this family, in this Epic Life family, it's all about you're not an orphan. You're a son or a daughter of God. But there's a step that you have to take it to if you're ever gonna have a life of intimacy with him where he's the boss of you. And you bend your knee. Because the Bible talks in the New Testament about him being Lord. And we haven't talked about that very much here and we're starting to. We're starting to talk about spiritual authority. You will never have spiritual authority until you start making him Lord of your life. Until, you know, he, someone does something to me and I'm like, how do I forgive them? And God goes, I'll be happy to show you. Do you truly want to know? Because what I'm getting ready to tell you, you are now responsible for. So let me tell you what he told me, which you're now responsible for. Why do I share that? It's not a burden. It's so that you can have freedom. Because those verses that I didn't like, and I'm like, how in the heck am I ever going to do that? Like, Forgive them, or God's not going to forgive me. What a bully, because you know I can't forgive them. I don't like them. I don't, I don't have to actually like someone to forgive them. I know, that's a newsflash. So let me share what God's showed me. He said, when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? When I forgive, that's what I do. I get out of God's place. And he has, the, only God has the right to judge. And the reason, what made me realize that is because it says, now we know that God's judgment is against those who do such things is based on truth, in verse 2. Because in Christ's life, we'll have people. By the way, Rick, stand up. This is the oldest person who's ever gone through Christ's life. He, j- he just completed phase one. I was his facilitator. He did not get through lightly. Um, it might be actually fun to have him give a testimony sometime. You want to listen to older people who truly have transformed lives because you can skip a bunch of the mistakes that we have made. But whenever I get to know someone, all of a sudden, and I see why they, what they went through, like when I, who I thought Rick was and why I love him now are two very different things because when you know what they've gone through, and in Christ's in Christ life phase one, I was his facilitator, I heard his life. I saw him totally different at the end, and he actually changed a great deal in three short months. But I saw him totally different because I had so much truth about him, and all my judgment came off. God has all the truth about each one of us. And that's why he's the only one that can judge. Because when I judge, I think, well, I have discernment. I have all the, you know, this exalted wisdom and knowledge. And then I'll go through, have someone go through my phase one, and I'm like, wow, I totally missed it. I didn't even know that person. All my judgment comes off. God, that's why his wrath is perfect because he sees us for who we truly are. He knows everything that's happened. He knows why we were created, but he knows all of the things that happened to us along the way to where we are today. So his wrath is perfect. It's like some of my spiritual sons and daughters. Some people, like when they start with me, they're like a little crazy or a little extreme. A lot of them are a lot of extreme could be because, I don't know. Anyway, could be because I'm a little extreme, but I know them. So some people will go, What in the heck are you doing spending time with them? I know them. Don't talk to me like that. That's my child. And they may not have their stuff together right now, but they have a destiny, and I know what it is. I cannot make their choices for them, but I am totally committed. So standing next to them until they get where we're going. That's how God is. And that's why you don't want to judge anyone. Let me show you how not to do that. It says, verse 4, Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to Repentance. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's not me beating someone about the head and shoulders. When Colin and I had that conversation that like brought him face to face with where he was at, we had 11 years of me walking next to him with very little change and me not leaving. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. And this is where you go, I'm not the boss, God is. And you get out of his place because it says God will repay each person according to what they have done. When I read that, I'm not focused on anybody else because I don't know how in touch you guys are with your history, and what you've been like, and what you deserve. But I am fully in touch with that. And so I don't wanna judge anybody because I don't wanna get what I deserve. So let me just leave them alone, you know, and let God deal with them, let God be God. It says, seven, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give life. That's the verse I like. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. What I love about God is he's totally clear. He goes, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. And he, then he tells you don't judge because it's the judgment and forgiveness that trips you up. Forgiveness really comes down to a decision to letting God be God and choosing to let him handle people who hurt me in his timing. Because what we're afraid of, we're afraid to forgive somebody. If I forgive them, I'm afraid they're not gonna get what they deserve. Right? Or I'm afraid they'll hurt someone else. Now stop and think about yourself. Are you getting in touch with yourself? Would you like to be monitored like that? Okay, the choice to forgive is making a commitment, I forgive them and I speak that with my mouth. I choose to forgive that person. The healing and actually walking in the wholeness that can come eventually is something that takes time. So let's talk a little bit about that. How can I cultivate a heart of forgiveness? I'll give you one reason you probably won't read this in a lot of Christian books, but here it is. If I don't forgive them, they, I forgive people because I don't wanna run around with them all the time. Here's what I mean. If I don't forgive somebody, they're with me all the time. A lot of the people, not everyone, a lot of the people that I need to forgive, I don't even like. I mean, honestly, So I want them to be free to go be in another space and I don't want to bring them with me in my head everywhere I go. You know what I'm talking about? Stop and think. Who's the one person that you can remember and it's like, they really, really hurt you. And so something will happen. Some person will say something. It's like, oh, I remember that. Or some song. Wow, that was our best song. I hate him. (laughs) Or... A color, you know, or a smell. That's lavender. She used to buy me lavender. I never did like lavender. I don't know why I ever let her buy me lavender, you know. Or you'll hear a movie, and somebody will be telling I love that movie. And you're like, I went to that movie. I can't believe I even remember her name. You know, You can't get away from them, because they're with you all the time. For some of us, it's our parents. You know, and they, you can never get away from them, but at least you could get a break if you'll forgive them. The more I hate them, the more they're on my mind. I don't want to run around with them, so I fully forgive them and let God hang out with them. And here's what I do. You guys, your mind will only go one direction, and this will be news to some of you you are fully responsible for controlling your mind. Doesn't mean you won't have warfare and harassing, tormenting thoughts, but you can take care of those too when you know who you are in Christ. It's like, no, thoughts will come to me or like I'll see, I can see someone, say in our church, I can see somebody, let's say in our church, somebody has the mic. I can sit there and I can think that thing like, The one I read about throw up in my mouth, if you knew everything I knew about that person, you'd be throwing up in your mouth too. No, I was like, no. I absolutely refuse to allow these thoughts to come in my mind, even about what they've said or done to me. I'm done because it's between them and God. It's not my problem. And when I set them free, I feel so good because they're not with me anymore. They're not running around with me. Forgiving someone does not say that what they did to you is okay. When someone does something to me, I fully acknowledge what was done. I cannot forgive something I'm in denial about. So when I forgive somebody, I admit it all. They did this, and then I gave them this confidence, and then they told this person, and I, I, do, I admit it all. And then I put it all in front of God, you deal with them about that. Because I got all this stuff over here that you've revealed to me that I'm working on. And I want your help over here. But if I don't forgive them for this, you ain't gonna forgive me for this. And I need help. (laughs) Because I don't know about y'all, but I'm just not the strongest individual sometimes. And when I'm bad, I'm very bad. So I need help every single day. When, I need, when needed, I need to talk my heart out with someone whose life bears the fruit of forgiveness. So it's not bad to choose up a person to talk things through with. How do I know who that person is? What's the fruit of forgiveness? Well, their life is not full of people that they hold grudges against or have lots of interpersonal problems. Facebook, guys, I don't know why you put some of the stuff you put on Facebook, but you tell your life stories. And I'm like, seriously? I don't even want to know that about you. Watch Facebook. I mean, you can get all kinds. I saw a picture today on Facebook, and it was a group of people and I thought, that is the strangest group of people. How did they all get together? And then all of a sudden it clicked. At one time or another, things have gotten back. I've heard all of them talk about either Epic Life or leadership and some painful negative experience that they had that they did not work through. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. (laughs) And if you're sitting here wondering if that's you It could be, or it might not be, but if you're asking the question, get it right and get away from those people. (laughs) Do not come up and ask me if it was your picture. If you think it was, handle it with him, because I ain't got no judgment for you. That's between you and God. (laughs) All right. You ever notice how people get in little groups sometimes, and they're drawn together by somebody they mutually hate? Like, you know, remember in school. I can still remember school. I had a lot of fun in school. And some girl would, like, she'd come in and she'd take this boy's girlfriend. Um, hopefully, she took the boyfriend. But she would take this boyfriend. And then she'd, mm, she'd get bored with that. And she'd go, I think I'll take your boyfriend. And she'd take that one. And, then she'd, mm, and I think I'll. And all these. Girlfriends that get dumped, they all hate her. And all of a sudden, they're all close. I've actually seen it with one guy and several girls, and they would all congregate against the girl who took their mutual boyfriend. Seriously. Crazy. Anyway, get away from people who have that kind of drama. It happens in church, too. That worship leader wouldn't let us sing on the worship team and we can't stand him. I don't even know if he's saved. Oh my gosh, when you hear people say things like that, I go, I have to go to the bathroom and just run. <laughs> Wash off what they just got on you. When I struggle, it's, it's okay to put boundaries in place for others' choices that they are unrepentant for. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, Eric Knopf and I have a boundary and we're both repentant. Anytime that we start getting mad, I know you Christians like, that was kind of irritated me. No, if we start getting like mad, we don't text, no text and no emails. That's just a rule that we set up. And I think Eric was the one who set it up. You know why? Because it's in black and white. And so even after we've worked through it, it's still in the text thing. So you can read back through it. And we're just like, no, we don't do that. But we value what we have. We've only had to do this four times in, I think, five years, I don't know how long. He's one of the closest friends I have. But if we have a disagreement, we stop what we're doing and go meet each other, halfway if it's possible. I'll tell you a funny story on myself in a minute. It wasn't funny, but it was interesting. so it's okay to set boundaries and boundaries sometimes when people just continue to break that boundary, it's like your boundaries out here. It's nothing personal. I, you know, It's just you have taught me with your choices that this is your, the boundary that you demand. But I don't set those immediately. That's something that develops over time. Does that make sense? Um, forgiveness is freely given. That means I get out of God's place. It does not mean I want to go to coffee with you. No. I can forgive you and get out of God's place, but I don't necessarily want to be your best bud and vice versa. Because I've done things before, said things with my mouth, thought I knew the situation. And people are like, you're actually not only wrong, but how you presented your facts was totally off. And then I had to go back and re-earn trust. Trust is earned through sober evaluation of the choices another person makes over time. Let me give you guys a really great clue. A lot of people, particularly in dating relationships, they'll get right into it. You're so careless about how you approach dating someone You don't watch their lives. You don't get to know them. You just, it's like, she is so gorgeous. I just feel like there's glory in the room when I see her. (laughs) You know, she's just, I don't know. I feel the presence of Jesus every time I see her. (laughs) You don't ask any of the important questions. And if you guys aren't coming to DNA, you got to start coming. Colin and I, he was like... This week we were hanging out and he goes, what do you think I should work on? I said, well, let me get this little sheet that we had called guard your heart. How many of you were there for the guard your heart night? Yeah, well, if y'all wanna ask them out, they got questions for you. <laughs> Cause you gotta learn to guard your heart. Think about what you're doing. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. And I'm telling you, anybody who gets up at 6.30 in the morning ain't gorgeous. You know, it's like, it's the hardest job in the world to build a good marriage. If they quit their jobs, like three jobs in, you know, a, a year, I would, I'm gonna back up. Unless I'm independently wealthy and I'm willing to deal with somebody who's a quitter. Every time it gets tough, Chris and Kayla, right? Raise your hands. These guys have a job, they work with Brandon. They have a job. I'd be interested in getting to know either one of them. And I'll tell you why. Because when they told me what their job was and they work together and they have a relationship, I was like, dang, let me back up here. Because their job requires a really tough head an incredible commitment. And I was like, wow. These are some tough people. I used to sell books door to door. I did it four summers to get through college. I know what that takes. Guys, think about what you're doing in relationships. You're like, I don't know if I can ever get over this. You've dated her four months, and she broke your heart? Seriously? <laughs> you gave your heart to someone you knew for four months? Seriously? You need, to, you need some friends. You need some input along the way. And if I'm offending you, let me offend you. Because you need help. Okay? I know you're loving this part, Ashley and Mike. Um, You need to make a sober evaluation of the lives of the people, even your friends. Look at your friends. Listen to what they talk about. If everything they talk about is that deep, and it's all about somebody else, don't think for a minute, minute they ain't talking about you when you're not around. Amen. If that's the biggest, I mean, that's all they got, have to the talk about? It's like, what's God been showing you lately? Oh, it's like amazing. Like I went shopping yesterday and he was like pointing out that pink looks good on me. Really? Wow, that is amazing. Well, I gotta run, no. If you're the person who has to be forgiven, you're the one, because I've been that person, and I've made some huge mistakes, mistakes that broke my heart, broke other people's hearts. If you're that person and you truly desire to continue in the relationship, don't just cut and run, don't, stay. Acknowledge what you did and work at relationship. Every relationship that I have, I have some friends, I have like eight or 10 relationships that are 30 years old. I wouldn't take anything for them. That's older than most of you and worth it because life punches all of our lights out at one point or another. And if you don't learn how to forgive, you will never have any relationships that have any length whatsoever. I've committed some heinous things, things I'm totally, You know, I started to say ashamed of, but I'm not, because it's under the blood and it's part of my history and my testimony. So, I'm not ashamed of it. But you know, I really hurt people and they loved me, and they went on with me, and I've done the same thing too. You get very far down the road with those kind of relationships. Nothing can stop you. That's part of the fabric of our epic life family. We're all building these relationships, and we're not just holding hands, skipping. We are arm in arm. There's a group of us at the middle of this thing. If you're a visitor tonight, this is a good place, because there's a group of us. We are not perfect. We are so, like, (laughs) we got some damage from the past, but we're beating those dings out, you know, and doing what we can what God is showing us to do. And then God comes in behind an honest, transparent heart. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that God can't help you transform. We don't care what your past is like, and we're not ashamed of you. Because we have so many stories just like Collins, where God has done some powerful things. Um... I'm gonna skip the, I'm just gonna read it to you. Forgiveness is easier when the crime committed is big and their failure is obvious to everyone. Because then everybody knows what a donkey's butt they were. So I love to look good in those instances, you know, and just go, yeah, it's okay. No, it's no big deal. Seriously, it's okay. Because, I mean, there's such, like, you don't have to say anything. It's obvious that you are the virtuous one. Okay, that's the big failures and I encourage you not to act like that, here's what I really want to say. Take out the trash on the little stuff. Take out the trash on the little stuff as it happens. And when you, when you take the trash out, mean it. I asked Shadi if I could tell this story. I live with Saul, Shadi, and Roman. Uh, Roman, Coleman. <laughs> I lived with Roman too. Um, and I've had people say things to me about, you always talk about this person or that person. I talk about the people I live with, just like Gary does. Someday, I hope to have one woman to talk about. But until then, that's who I live with. Shetty and I do groceries. And um, so one day, we, we had an agreement. We would go to Costco at 4 o'clock. So I walk in. He's already there. And I go, hey, did you get the grocery list done? I'm, you know. And he goes, no, I thought you would have. I didn't really like that, but I decided to be, you know, it was kind of obvious with his voice tone that he was having a problem, so I'll just be the bigger one. And so I'm like, okay, well, no problem, I can get it done. And so I'm making the list, and he still has a little bit of an attitude, and we get in the car, and and I'm really uh, pissed. (laughs) Sorry sorry to try to put a nicer word in there, but I already said the P. Um, (laughs) No, I am ticked off. Uh, but I'm, I'm gonna be great about it. And so I said, actually, I need to take the trash out. So I'm like, um, would you mind telling me why you had that voice tone? And he goes, because we were talking on the phone earlier, your voice tone sounded like such and such. I can't really remember what it was. And I thought you were trying to say this. And I turned around and I'm like, actually, I don't have a problem clearly articulating exactly what I feel. And I said, in my public life, I have to put up with people. My face means something. If I turn around and look at somebody, my eyes meant something. I said this, and they were, I was supposedly talking to them. I don't even know their name. I said, I get sick of it. Tell me why i one of the closest relationships I have. I'm having to put up with this crap today. And he goes, I said, I don't want to be held accountable for my voice tone. If I'm ticked, I'll let you know, obviously. And... <laughs> He goes, well, actually, I had kind of a crap day, and um, I'm over it. I'm sorry. And I said, I'm sorry about my voice tone, and I'm over it too. And just like that, it wasn't like we weren't like trying to be, have the nice little godly, you know, I'm really not good at that stuff, as you can tell. Um, but we were over it. Trash was taken out. We went to Costco. We had a good time. Be like that. If you've got to have a bad voice tone, have it. Work it out. Tell the truth. Because after a while, you don't tell the truth to me long enough. I'm like, and I find out, you know, you've got all this stuff. I'm like, I love you in Jesus, and I know you're going to heaven, and I'll be happy to pray for you, but I don't trust you. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, we don't trust ourselves because we do the same thing with ourselves. We don't take our own trash out, we're not honest about our stuff. All these things I'm saying to do with other people, you got to do these with yourself because the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. All right, I'm almost done. Um, Take care of little offenses appropriately. You can tell the substance of a person by what it takes to offend them. Orphans are easily offended. Sons and daughters know who they are. Right choices bring about right feelings. People like, well, I forgive them, but they did such and such, so how should I get along with them? Smile. I mean, stop and think. How did you want to be treated the last time you really messed up? And if you can't remember the last time you really messed up, you're not taking notes anyway, so that's all right. How did you want to be treated? You wanted to be treated nice. Just speak to me. I know I screwed up. I'll fix it. Next when a commitment of, to forgiveness makes you attractive to other bitter people, which gives you not only a soul tie to the person who hurt you, but chains you to others who are committed to sin. That's deep. Because when you can't forgive someone, they're always with you. And guys, you're going to be like, you're surrounding yourself with that person. You're going to be like them. Don't think you're not. So what you most hate, you're soon going to resemble. But not only that, you'll start finding yourself attracted to other people who have that same heart. And you don't realize it, but you are shackling yourself. You're shackling yourself to a circle of people who are unforgiven. I counseled a married couple. For, and after a year, they got healthy enough where they started talking about things. And then they came to their next session and they were like, we just had a, re- a revelation because the wife always thought that I was taking the husband's side because when I was with her, I would just talk to her about her. The husband thought I was always taking the wife's side because when I was with him, I would just talk to him about him. Why? Because all the wife could control is her choices. I'm not gonna to talk to her about him. Oh, I can't believe he acts like that. No, nope. what's your response? When he said that, would you choose? Same thing with the husband. So she doesn't do this the way you want it done. What was your response? I'm not gonna to talk to them about each other and go, Oh, i am not really? Yeah, I'm like, that is disrespectful. How could you put a boundary in there in the right way without judgment. But if you're in a circle of people and they're bashing someone, get away from them. Even better, speak up. Tell them to stop. Because you build integrity when you do that. You are who you surround yourself with. I already said that. And whatever you focus on in judgment determines who you become. Your life will reflect the life of the person who hurts you if you choose to judge them. You can't get away from it. The great hope, and I wanna take you back to this hope, is give them to God. In Romans 2, 6, it says God will repay each person according to what they have done. The people that have hurt you and I, the reason I'm preaching on this tonight is because I care about you. And I want you to walk in absolute freedom. There were years and years and years where my complexion was horrible because I was so full of hate and all of my emotions just boiled inside me. All you had to do was mention my family member or me just being around different family members. And I felt so much hatred. I had migraines, I had all kinds of things because bitterness affects your body. It also affects your life. I was lonely and I was so insecure because I wasn't a free person because I was chained to the people that I would not forgive and I could never get rid of them. So I want to encourage you tonight. Don't feel any shame. Don't feel like if the worship team wants to come up. Don't feel like, um, wow, I'm such a loser. No, 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 no. Listen to me. There is so much hope. Just step out of the place of judgment and let God work with that person. And when those thoughts come to you and you're like, and, and they will, because for a lot of us, we have patterns of thinking. When that thought comes to you, like, no, I absolutely refuse, get off me in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I have harassing, tormenting thoughts because I'm so used to thinking wrong. And I'm like, no, God help me to walk as a free human being. Orphans always point the finger somewhere else. You will only start getting free of unforgiveness when you stand in the place of a son or daughter before your father and let him tell you, what did you do to get here and how can you be free? Regardless of what they did. That's why when I rushed right through that molestation story at the beginning, I was like, oh, hold up. You know, if there are people here who've been molested, I didn't want them to think that I took that lightly. But that's old news to me. I know where those people are. I bless them. That's between them and God. And that's an awesome feeling to be able to say. But even more powerful, like I have never had more fun uh, living than I currently live with the three guys I live with. Why? Because we practice this. And it's not because I make them, because you can't make anybody practice this. But they do at our house is a lot of fun to be in. It's a little crazy, Uh, there's a lot of, it's just a lot of fun. And there's a lot of powerful things that happen for us on a spiritual level. Because when you live in forgiveness and when there's no judgment, it's like, look, this is how I felt when you did this. I'm like, oh wow, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. When you live like that, it's just so awesome. So I just wanna encourage you to stand, show, I want to read this prayer. Nicole Rowe shared this prayer with me and it's so powerful. Derek, if you can throw that up for me. Um, and we're going to send it out on the email next week so that you have it as a tool. It's a prayer that I've learned to pray some prayers. I choose to forgive myself. Just read this out loud with me. I choose to forgive myself. I choose to forgive others. You don't have to read this. but And I put people's names in there. The name for sin, not because they ask for it, nor because they deserve it, but because you have told me to forgive, Father God. I now release myself and this person or these people from my judgment, and I ask that you bless them and me. So we'll send that out in the email. The uh, prayer team can come up. We just want to minister to you tonight. If this has uh, brought anything up, I just encourage you before you come up for a prayer, determine, are you ready to forgive? For many of us, uh, even like on the prayer team, on leadership, I sent out an email last night on leadership because Jared Ireland sent out a word. And he just said, I feel like this is going to go, help us go to a different level. We so value unity in our ministry. We ask our leaders, if they don't deal, if they have something against someone and they're not ready to deal with it, please step off of our leadership team until they're ready to. Because unity is where it's all about and forgiveness. So thank you so much for being with me tonight as I shared my pause and what God has taught me about forgiveness. I bless you tonight in the name of the Lord.